Welcome back to Hire Everyone, the podcast full of wicked stories from the job market and experts showing us how to succeed in it. Today, also the podcast that is lacking Nikki Simmons' voice in the introduction, as we forgot to record one, and now she had her baby. Oh yeah. Today's our second episode of February 2022, our month of failure, and specifically career failure, and how we can all start to think differently about it. We've got Arno on the show, wildly successful tech entrepreneur, who after six years of attracting massive investment for a startup, decided this is not working out. Tune in, Arno is here to tell us what happened, how he dug himself out of it, and how he turned failure into success. As per always, let's hit that funky beat, Tom Zamzo. Yet again, we have another exciting guest in the virtual studio. We have Arno in the building. Welcome. Well, thank you. Fantastic. I'm super happy to be here online with you. Uh, we can't wait for this one, Arno. Tom, especially. I know we've been looking forward to this one for a while. So thank you so much for joining us. And as always, we've kept this in for 2022, which we love, is to give to get our guests to give us their elevator pitch up a big, tall building. And I'm going to go to New York because I was talking to someone from New York yesterday. So let's go up the Rockefeller Center. If you've been up there, it's quite, quite a long journey. So you've got a bit of time to tell us all about yourself. Um, yeah, so about myself, so I'm, I'm French, um, living in Sweden. Um, uh, basically, I've been doing entrepreneurial stuff uh, since as far as I can, as long as I can remember. Mm. Uh, so I've been involved in different startups, uh, either uh, as, a, as a founder myself or co-founder, or, um, or, but also as an employee. Um, and so lately, uh, besides being yet on another startup, I've been writing a book. Um, which is called uh, How Hard Can It Be? And <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure we're going to go through that today, but it's basically a book about the behind the scenes of the entrepreneurial journey. So the, the real stuff, the stuff that no one is really talking mm. about. Um, so that's me. And I want to believe that I'm an, an optimist. I, I look, uh, you know, I tend to have, think of positive uh, look at, at uh, the things as they unfold. And uh, yeah, that makes me who I am. You know, we're living through, you know, to each their own, but through relatively speaking, dark times, there's geopolitical conflict, the pandemic is still raging, and what have you. So I think we need more optimists like you. And the book really mm -hmm. hits the, the nature of the show on the head as well, because we are after the kind of information that you can really Google yourself, you need to have experienced it. So Dear audience member, as per usual, we have asked Arno to cheekily withhold the top three things that he believes you can implement directly after this episode to deal with failure, which is the month of uh, which is the month of February for us, in a different, more productive way. So, Arno, keep some of the secrets until later, and let's dive, you know, straight into it. Nikki and I have started to be a bit naughty and poke fun at what we call guru speak or guru culture on social media you know we'd see all the time live your truth passion rules above all else you you know what we're talking about and it yeah, sounds right. brilliant but how one actually gets there is a bit of a mystery so this month on the higher career podcast is about failure and we would love to hear your take on how one could even start to find, you know, this path of passion, of your truth, of where you're supposed to be um, for themselves. So off you go. 
Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one, and um, I mean the guru thing. I've, I've seen it myself as well. It's it's it's, it's pretty wild these days, mm. and I think there are two two ways to look at it. So on the on the I guess on the one hand, it's um, it's awesome, right? Everyone everyone can lead, so it's mm-hmm. uh, it's the power to the people. It's uh, basically as long as you have an Instagram account, and uh, a lot of people do, uh, you can technically be a guru, which is I guess fantastic. I mean, anyone with good ideas and, and thoughts can freely talk. So it's, um, I think it's like democracy at, at this uh, apex. Um, so anyone basically can be uh, Angela Merkel or, or, or Tim Cook um, and, and get airtime. So this, I think, I mean, look at me just now, right? Uh, so I think it's fantastic. Uh, on the other hand, though, uh, it's pretty awful. It's awful because, well, when we, we all are gurus, um, who are you going to follow? I mean, who's, who's, mm. the, who's the right guru to follow? And if you, if you start following everyone, which is what people tend to do with their Instagrams, then uh, it's pretty exhausting. So I've looked at, um, you know, the origin of uh, guru a long time ago, what it actually means. And in Sanskrit, it means that it's, it's the one that delivers knowledge. Um, so the question should be uh, for you to ask, who is the guru, who are those guys out there who can provide me with the knowledge that I need right now? And those guys, then you should probably follow because they will mm. help you to, uh, to where you want to be. Um, so that's on the topic of guru. You got me all excited there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then on the topic of, of following your passion, um, I think you're right. I mean, everyone... Uh, talks about it. It's it's uh, it's very uh, hyped at the moment, and you you can hear a lot of different things from, you know, drinking uh, kombucha the whole day and trying to align <laughs> your inner core with the cosmos. Um, so you can do that, or you can indeed uh, look for your passion as if it was something you know palpable, physical that would pop up uh, out of the blue. Um, but I guess it doesn't. So I'm, I'm very uh, pragmatic on that one. And, um, and although, yes, I do like meditation, I do meditation myself, I, uh, I like uh, all, all that sort of, of fun stuff, uh, you know, I do believe that we all are passionate about things and those things you actually have to act on. So when you yeah. feel that, you know, this is something I really... Uh, careful and this is something I, I feel at the moment in the moment that I should I should follow then um, I would do so um, I, I've seen it working uh, over the years you know I want to just interject here really quickly a nobody beat this thing no kombucha because I happen to love drinking it <laughs> um, and number two you said something so interesting at the beginning of this which I think on all information that is out there it is so important to create to be critical towards it and to really vet who is actually saying things? What might be their motivations? Mm. Whether this is news or gurus, to really have a three sixty view of this piece of information that you're looking at to ascertain whether it's actually good for you or whether it just sounds mm. great. So um, this was a wonderful point, and Nikki, I think also a great, great segue into our next question. <laughs> yes, for sure, it's a really good point, Tom. Is like making sure that you understand who you're listening to you you know you do a bit of research before you just go exactly. <laughs> follow these people as well you know because they can also lead 
to bad things. So, um, and as you said, you mentioned news as well, because we've got so much fake news around and people just following one source of news. It's the same thing on this side of things. Make sure that you surround yourself with more people. Mm, um, but yeah, exactly what you said. Side hustle is the next part, which we love as well. Mm. But side hustle to filthy rich. Is it for everybody? Can everybody get it? Can everybody do it? We see it all over social. Leave your nine to five, you know, take up that side hustle, make it bigger than what it was and be filthy rich in two months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, well, that happens uh, to maybe a few people, but it's not really realistic. And although it is luring and people want to think that they can do it, it also suggests that these side hustles are only there to make money, which is not true. And they're for everybody, which is also, we feel not very true because not everybody can can juggle everything at the same time. So to your mind, Arno, could there be another value in building a side project next to your nine to five other than getting filthy rich? Like how can you build it, I guess, more holistically um, and not wanting it to become something in two months? Yeah, exactly. I think that that's where uh, people get it wrong, right? There's this idea that, uh, yes, indeed, if you work uh, a little bit on the side, like from, from six to seven uh, after hours on, on your project, whatever that is, uh, work a little bit and then you'll be acquired by, uh, by Meta. Uh, <laughs> that's not the case, right? Um, so that's, you know, I really don't believe in in uh, side hustling, um, I think it's become this very trendy, cool thing to mm. to say, or at least I guess it's such a, an industry around this, right? So they all all those gurus that we've been talking about are selling you the uh, you know the shortcuts to oh, supposedly the shortcuts to success, like the, the 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 silver bullet that you buy the book and you buy the course, and suddenly. Indeed, we, we collect uh, thousands or millions of Instagram followers for you, and then you can sell them, you know, the truckload of, of nonsense. Um, so if the goal is to to be filthy rich uh, by doing something after hours, uh, you know, I, I don't think that that is going to work. Um, however, if the goal is to do your passion uh, after work, uh, then you should totally do it. Uh, so whether you, you know, you're passionate about poetry or art or music mm-hmm. or sports or, or or writing a book or starting a starting a business then yeah sure you should you should probably do that and and um ideally you want to do that until the moment where you can decide for yourself that either it's getting the traction that it deserves or the traction that you are envisioning and then perhaps it's time to go uh all in into it or it mm. doesn't and 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 that's all fine and, and that's a question for you to answer. Is it what you are doing on the side, so the side hustle of yours, is it something that you want to have as an extra uh, you know, income generation uh, flow, or is it just something you, know, you want to do because you, you feel for it? Uh, but as for the getting rich quick, um, no, I don't believe that's a, that's a good advice for, for people to follow. You know, to me, I'm really stoked because we have reached the part of this episode um, that is the reason as to why we brought you in the first place, which mm-hmm. is failure. Ooh. Ooh. So <laughs> let's take it from the top. You had a startup, a real proper startup with investors and all manner of wonderful things attached to it. So uh, mm-hmm. let's, you know, go through this in different segments. So what was it about? How did you find the niche for the startup and how did you attract your first investors? 
Yeah, that's a mouthful of questions here. Um, so yes, indeed, the real thing. I mean, I, I've, I've always wanted to do the real thing. Uh, you know, go in like fully and and do the actual journey. And so, um, it's interesting the discussion we just had regarding uh, side also because all the stuff I had been involved in before, at least the ones that I had generated myself, I would have been doing on the side, mm. always on the side. So on, on the side of work, on the side of, of studies, on the side of, of everything else. And and yeah, yeah, it came to a point where I I never either either you know go into it fully or, or yeah or not so uh, at that point uh, we were working in a management consultancy fir- firm out of uh, Stockholm I'm sitting in Sweden mm. and I uh, say we because it was a, a former colleague uh, and I we you know we were working with change management which is basically how do you um, uh, try to change the behaviors of, of employees so inside large organizations yeah kind of organization that buy that kind of, of uh, services. So how can we help those large organizations to cascade those important um, initiatives that they may have? So, you know, either it's like this new flavor of the, of the quarter that you have to achieve uh, X and Y. And so how do you build that capacity, those capabilities inside organization to allow employees to really uh, execute on the vision that is coming from abroad? So mm-hmm. that's what we were doing daily. So it involved a lot of, of training in terms of uh, skills training, um, sales, finance, uh, you know, business acumen, uh, leadership skills and, and whatnot, uh, but also in terms of, of mindset. So how do you, you know, what do you need to do to uh, augment yourself and, and believe in that, that vision that is being uh, uh, put before you? Mm-hmm. Um, so as we were doing that, we got actually quite frustrated by what we could see from from afar, which was the, the growth of uh, Facebook as a social network, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we, um, you know, we, we a lot of our friends were, were using it. Uh, we were on it, obviously, like like uh, almost everyone, uh, six yeah. hundred thousand people at that point. This is in twenty twelve, um, and we could not really understand what would drive people to go back to what we then called uh, kilometers of nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) And perhaps you're a Facebook user, so maybe it's not appropriate, but, you know, this idea that, okay, what's in it for me as I open my phone, open the app and, and look at, you know, what my neighbors uh, have been doing last weekend or (laughs) what my best friend has been eating at the restaurant last night. So from a behavioral perspective, it it sounded really odd. Um, And so at the same time of that, you have another type of of research that emerged, which is all about, you know, the depression that is associated with it. Mm -hmm. Naturally, as people start to uh, compare themselves to that ideal version of your, your, your colleague or your friend that is doing amazing things, apparently, um, then you become quite, quite depressed or your life, the actual thing that you're living may sound really far away from that glossy, nice uh, picture that you scroll through. And mm-hmm. so evidence comes out more and more that, that the use of Facebook, or at least the use of social media is not really, um, uh, healthy for, from a, from a, uh, development perspective, especially if you are a young, a young adult or a teen. Um, so as we look at that, we think that, okay, there is really something to be doing here. Could not we 
uh, challenge Facebook, right? Why? why? <laughs> I mean, My goodness, you beast! Yeah, exactly. So why not? You know, go after them. Let's go. Let's go all in. You know, let's let's do something bold and, and massive. The funny thing is that we knew nothing about social networks. We knew nothing about tech development. We were basically strategy consultants uh, working with large corps. And we had no concept of what we were getting into. Mm. Um, anyway, long story short, we um, we decided to go for that, and and the first iteration of the business was really. Um, and by the way, we're working in B two B, so business to to business, mm-hmm. um, not uh, business to consumer. So we had no idea of really how do you bring users to a platform, what do you do with them, etc. The only thing we we could uh, we had come up with is that we. Uh, to, to allow people or to, to help people become, um, uh, you know, better versions of ourselves, because this is something that we really believed in. Like, if we are to help people out of this nonsense, the, we should give them something to, to go after. Mm-hmm. So as people, as you know, we, we are all driven by, by doing things that uh, help us uh, self-actualize. Um, you know, become better versions of ourselves and, um, you know, do things that actually matter in the real world. So we thought, how can we, you know, what mechanism would allow that that, uh, that bridge? And we found that a, a challenge, like this idea of I'm challenging you to do X, um, would would be a natural way to get people to commit to something that would, in theory, be a complicated complicated sorry for them mm. to to do and so there was our anti-couch potato network born uh, with this idea of challenging one another and each other to do things that we want to do and those can be right. or could have been you know extremely important stuff like mm-hmm. smoking losing weight um, uh, or uh, you know starting to prepare for a marathon or but also stupid stuff like grow that moustache for November, for instance. Right, right, right. So you brought Everything gamification into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was the first the first iteration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very cool. But it sounds amazing. And it sounds like you were, you know, living the dream, getting your startup going, cool, you know, a bit of cool niche, attracting capital, all of these things, getting people interested. But what happened after that? Didn't play out as you wanted it to, right? Yeah, exactly. No, not really. So we, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I can I can go at length on that. I'll try to to keep it short. Uh, we, you know, we lived the dream, like you said. We we really went all in. We collected the uh, the team that we needed to make that happen. We we raised first angel investors, uh, which is the first the first line of investment that you can get. Like people mm-hmm. that actually uh, trust you uh, so much that they they are willing to put their hard-earned cash into your into your dream um, and then we got some traction and, and people were doing challenges or at least were signing up for challenges they were not doing them uh, which is which was one of the first roadblock um, because um, it's very hard to do those things right those things that you've just committed to mm-hmm. which by by nature you haven't done before uh, you don't know whether you can actually nail them mm-hmm. um, they are very hard to to come about because it, they they imply changing your routines and and dreaming bigger and doing things that you would otherwise not do. Um, so anyway, it didn't work. People were 
although they were they were you know sending challenges and putting challenges uh, to themselves they were not completing it so we ended up with a platform uh, for challenges without challenges so it was quite <laughs> boring <laughs> uh, it was quite boring and and really not interesting to look at as a as a social uh, network um, right and so what we did afterwards, uh, which was uh, a better success, is that we took that very platform and we went back to what we were doing before, which is uh, behavioral change. And this mm-hmm. time we went to big corporations and we told them, look, we have this platform where you can challenge your employees to do the stuff that you want them to do, like for your strategy, for your organization. Mm-hmm. And that worked super nicely mm-hmm. because, because it was coming top down because um you know we we made it fun like we, we we gamified the whole process so it was it was pretty cool it worked well but yet again we hit another inflection point where um it was not really scalable um so i don't know if you want to go that direction but the scalability of a business i mean you can sell um you can sell one thing many times to different companies but that's mm-hmm. no business right because because if you spend so much time to acquire that client and you can only sell him twice, uh, once or twice, uh, it's not going to be very um, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, profitable. Mm-hmm. So eventually we, we grew out of that niche uh, challenge for employees and we did a, a, a second massive pivot, which you know, made us a, a third sort of company within our company. And we ended up doing an um, internal uh, so-called enterprise social network for large companies, mm-hmm. um, and that was the that was the last the last version of it. So basically, it took us six and a half years with loads of ups and downs, and and you know uh, peaks and valleys, and and uh, successes and, and failures, and learnings along the, along the way. But eventually, after six and a half years, uh, several rounds of investment, we could not uh, scale the stuff that that we had built. It was not. It was not scalable and mm. we were exhausted. Um, so eventually, after all that work, we decided that, you know, we, we, we have other stuff to do with our, with our life. And we've gone around the question and we, we can't do this in the current state. With what we have, the money that we, that we have burnt uh, to this day, uh, all the stuff that we've tried, we cannot scale this. So, so yeah, we ended up uh, there. So we sold the platform, the technical platform, and we, we closed the company. I find that remarkable because even now in our chat before, and the audience is going to understand why I find this exciting and with the next question that's okay. going to come your way. But because we talk about um, about our perception of failure, so is mm-hmm. some something not working out, is that per se in negative? Is it something that you should throw yourself on the ground floor? Or can there always be lessons learned in it? And you took this one product that was designed very, with a very specific purpose. Um, and for that purpose, it didn't work. And you flipped it and you repurposed it without having to start from scratch yet again, which I think is a really um, inspiring and remarkable way to go about life, not only when you talk about startups, but about anything, a work project, uh, or any elements of, uh, of your life. But to me, here comes the really fun part where then, out of the after all of the six and a half years of trying, failing, trying, failing, trying, failing, having successes, but eventually not the big one you wanted, um, not to plunge into despair and you know ponder the terrible life choices during walks, um, you know, through for like hidden forests or serene right. beaches, sadness, you know, rain, kombucha. yeah, <laughs> kind of drinking kombucha and wandering. Um, 
you decided to turn this, you know, the totality of this eventually failed um, startup into, and I'm sure people guessed it, a new business. So take it away, Arno. What are you up to these days? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> there you have it. I mean, after all that journey, I mean, of course, it was not easy. Uh, you know, you, you pour so much energy and so much passion into it and you're so dedicated. I mean, basically your life stops and you you think you dream in terms of, of the, the vision you're after. So when it doesn't materialize, obviously uh, you're not uh, in a happy place. But the moment you extract yourself out of it and you look at it from, from you know, uh, 10,000 feet, you can really realize that, okay, this, this, is, this is a great experience. I mean, we've learned so much. Um, this is fine. Let's just move on to the next thing. So after that self-reflection and, you know, looking around and, and really wondering why, you know, I ask myself a lot of questions, to be honest. Uh, you know why is it we failed? Why is it we we couldn't scale? Uh, yeah. You know what 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 could have we done differently, and mm. and should we have done uh, stuff differently? Um, so I have some really uh, nice conclusions on that question. But to answer your question, <laughs> um, you know, I think the the reason the reason I decided to write the book is precisely this, uh, which is basically. Everywhere you look at, so all the books, all the Instagram posts, that the, the glossy stuff that we talked about before, all the, the, the billboards and, and everything you look at in the tube or wherever in the magazines, it's all about success, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's pretty off because the, the real world is not about the Kardashian and uh, Elon Musk. the the real world is is you and and it's me and it and it's everyone else uh who is struggling to make something happen Mm. um, who is trying to make sense of of the cars that they've been given and and you know trying trying to to build a, a life worth living and so when you are constantly shown um, successes of, I mean, stories of, of of success, like this narrative that you know it's fantastic and it's awesome, and you can get filthy rich by doing a side hustle. Um, then it's obviously misleading because that's not that's not the reality. Um, so I thought, you know, as I looked around and I was looking for books that would uh, perhaps give the opposite uh, the opposite narrative, I couldn't find any. Mm. I couldn't find any books that would tell entrepreneurs that this is how it actually unfolds as you are into it. And having done the journey myself, um, it all became quite obvious that, well, I should be writing that book. I, I should be telling it from a perspective of, well, not only I've lived it, but this is the journey. This is what you, this is what you are setting yourself up to. Um, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard throughout. And you, you may have some successes. You will probably have plenty. And, and you know, when we looked at our uh, journey, we had loads of it. I mean, obviously, we raised money. We, we signed up with my, massive uh, uh, organizations. We, we had some good income, etc. But But overall, you know, when you zoom out of that, of those data points, the the trends that you could plot were not, uh, you know, pushing you towards 
the ultimate success. So eventually, it's um, it's uh, as I said, it's like uh, dips and 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 peaks, and but unfortunately, more dips than peaks, and um, it ends up like for the most of us uh, in a in a failure in. A, Nine out of ten companies, or even actually probably more, 95 percent of companies of startups that are that are started actually fail. And I don't think they fail because they don't do what they have to do. They do. Everyone is trying hard, but we fail because we are not ready, mm-hmm. and we are not ready because we are not being given the the right map to navigate that rough. Uh, mm. journey, those, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, on the flip side, if we were to be shown what it is really like that that struggle is going to come your way, that you're going to be, you know, flat out so many times, mm-hmm. at least, you know, we will be prepared. And if you know that that's what it takes, then when it comes, it's easy to, you know, put yourself together and um, uh, go after it. Whereas if you believe in that side hustle thing. And you believe that you know it's an easy thing, then you are totally uh, you could be totally discouraged and 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 believing that you're not you're not capable, that you can't do it. You don't have the capacity. You don't have the the skills. You don't have the the you know maybe wasting wasting your time. And I think that's that's wrong. So I decided to write this book to provide a roadmap for entrepreneur. And to really uh, put on paper what it takes to drive a startup from a from a emotional uh, perspective, like the roller coaster of emotions, uh, because it's going to be rough. Mm. And so, I think as a as a shortcut, it's a nice one because you take the book. So instead of you know going to classes for six months or whatnot, you take the book, you read for four or five hours. That's a, 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 how much it takes to to go through the book, and you have a good understanding, and then you can make a decision: Are you ready for it or not? Um, and that was the that's the purpose of the book. Brilliant. I think it's genius, fantastic, <laughs> and also just because we copy, uh, <laughs> naturally, uh, and I didn't mention it before, but uh, if anybody out there is interested in uh, in Arno, his journey, uh, the contacts, and also we can actually get your hands on the book, we're linking all of that down in the description um, box of uh, the show. So there's going to be a direct link. Go hit that if you want to see the truth and not just you know what sells well on social media which is obviously the success story the life that you also want to have you know that's what we enjoy following without necessarily wanting to think about all of the struggles that come with it but i just i just think this is so genius you know you do something it doesn't work out and then you take this thing that hasn't worked out and you turn it into a completely new business which is the book i'm loving this so much but i'm sure you know there was not only the mechanical things um that helped you do that but also you know just skills that you needed at all times am i right Nikki? yes absolutely skills is the next session but before that i just wanted to say as well like it's so great that you're passing on that knowledge as well because a lot of people wouldn't mm. you know a lot of people would keep it to themselves because now you found maybe success and you don't want to pass it on yeah. and i think it's brilliant because as we're talking about instagram the next generations of people that that's what they're looking at you know they're coming out of school we talk about education and how that system also probably needs to change a little bit mm-hmm. but they're also looking at instagram and all these um platforms that everyone's just having a great life and it's really easy and all of that so it's just amazing that because that definitely that generation needs to 
learn from people who've been on those journeys and I think it's amazing that you're writing it down and sharing that knowledge so I just wanted to put that in there before we talk about skills because we love to have extra skills and learning extra skills and on the show and this is something that we talk about a lot and we know that you are big on network and networking and trust and obviously that's part of how you were able to get the funding for your company as well right the the startup and the and probably now as well you're still continuing to do that so one of those so both those things are really important to you can you give us an example or two of how that skill has helped you um you know just where you are now today and, and how important it is and what other skills of for life that you might have to tell the audience yeah no that's a that's a that's a big one um i'll try to to answer the question by, <laughs> by talking about something that, that I think is key. I mean, it's also key to, uh, to the book, obviously, and, and this, idea of, this idea of failure. Um, so first of all, I think the uh, failure is really uh, an, an illusion, right? So the, basically what it is is, 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 is your, your, your brain is tricking with you, is playing with you. Uh, for the for the only reason that your brain wants to protect you, right? The, the, the only idea of you being alive is to uh, it's a, a selection by you know it's natural selection. So you you the, your brain wants you to stay alive. So it will refrain. It will help you not to go for things that he hasn't uh, it hasn't experienced before. And naturally, um, when you haven't done something before, you, you know you, you kind of this uh, irrational idea that okay, this is this is not going to work out naturally because you haven't done it. Uh, so historically, this idea of uh, protection, like the, the brain protecting you, has had a lot of sense because before we're living in a cave, and uh, if you would move out, uh, you know, or start walking, and something was you know moving in the bush, could be a, a saber tooth tiger. <laughs> so naturally, you had to 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 watch out. But these days, there is no such things. There are no tigers in the uh, diaper uh, between the diapers and the uh, shampoo <laughs> of, of your local supermarket, right? So there's a, there's actually no reason. There's some snakes around, though. <laughs> there may be snakes if you live in yeah. You know, half America or Africa, um, but so the only thing that we fear really is the uh, the opinions of the opinion of others. There's like you know the the football, the fear of mm-hmm. uh, people's opinion, um, and so and so it means it, it um, uh, misleads us. And and in fact, when you remove that fear of others uh, people's opinion so when you remove the uh, magnifying uh, glass uh, that you find on facebook like what are they going to to do when i put that picture on are they going to like it or not will i get enough uh, likes or should i put that picture or not um so when you remove that stupid idea uh, which is really irrational there's nothing to fear about the future because because the only thing you are fearing is something that doesn't even exist right you're mm. making you are developing your self-narrative about what could be and what could be will most likely not be. So you're making yourself a huge story about something that is completely irrelevant. And as a result, it impedes you from doing the thing that you actually want to do. Mm. And so it's very hard. So when it comes to self-development and, and what you were talking about, you know, going for 
um, augmenting yourself and, and learning things that you're not comfortable with, you know, one should try to remove oneself from this idea of, of fearing others and, and fearing what's come next, because what comes next is probably okay, if not awesome. Um, so that would be my my thing on, uh, you know, try to constantly look forward to the to the next thing, you know, uh, develop yourself, you know, throw yourself into experiences because most likely uh, it'll turn out to be okay. Um, now, another thing I wanted to say, uh, make me think of is the, uh, this idea that, you know, failure is bad. Um, as, as we've been talking about since the beginning, fail, failure is actually good. Failure is, I think I, I, I call it feedback because the only thing it, it does it gives you feedback on whatever you're attempting. So if, uh, you know, I tend to say like, if you, um, if you cannot run, then you walk and eventually you accelerate the pace and eventually you'll get to run and eventually you'll get to sprint. Um, if you start running and you've never run, most likely um, you will uh, exhaust yourself. It, it won't work out. So that's feedback for you. So everything we do is a, is a constant uh, feedback loop so as to um, improve yourself and, and, and improve your relationship, I mean, your, you know, your perception of yourself in the world. Anyway, long story short, when it comes to um, networking, um, it, it's, clearly, um, it's clearly a key, I mean, especially today. Anyone is a click away from, um, from being networked with. Um, so you have access to whomever people, whichever guru you want to have access to, and you can reach out and have a conversation with anyone. And that's fantastic. And we should leverage that, that opportunity. I mean, it's never been, uh, given to us before. It's, a, it's, it's really amazing that you can sit in your sofa literally and be talking with people who've, you know, done whatever you want to learn mm -hmm. from them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one should really... Uh, get out of of uh, you know being afraid again and and dare connecting with people uh, learning from them and, and hopefully getting them help you know having them help you uh, mm. get where you you want to be through that networking that you do i mean that you know i've been thinking um that's that's very much why why i'm here today because we connected over over linkedin uh, through connections that you know uh, that we have in common and um, and here we are today doing something new that no one, neither of us could have even uh, thought of or planned for, and yet it's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the it's easier said than done, right? Because there's a way of uh, you know how do you egg it over that over that hump of actually mm. reaching out? What kind of question do you ask? There's a way to networking. I think it's not only a mindset, but it's actually a skill. But I think what could be interesting for our audience, because I know that you have an example here, um, is, you know, the consequences of if you do this right, if you do this authentically, and if you really not only network, but connect with people that mm -hmm. will then, you know, be able to be there for you when you need them. And you told me this in our quick uh, pre-chat about one of your investors of the original tech platform that has then come back to actually also help you with what you're up to now. Do you mind um, telling us in a couple of words and then we're going to hop yeah. on to your three magic practical bullets? <laughs> uh, absolutely. No, this was quite a story because obviously, so we failed. Uh, as, as, I mean, we failed. Yeah, uh, we, we didn't get where we wanted to be, let's say. 
So we learned the lessons. We and then afterwards, obviously, we we had burned quite a lot of money from our investors. So the the one thing you can think of is that they were not quite happy <laughs> yes. about you know not getting their money back uh, for good reason. But at the same time, if you're an investor. Uh, naturally, you know that uh, you know sometimes it works and, and sometimes it doesn't, um, and you are prepared. And we they, they know the statistics, right? So I guess they are edging their 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 bets. So, uh, but that that's beside the point. The point is, we we did not succeed, and um, and when I decided to write the book and actually complete the first draft, uh, since it was about, I mean, the book is about my story, right? The baseline. I mean, we talked about all. Of of what we discussed uh, up until now, but the baseline is is my story. I mean, you know, with the real names and the real things of what actually happens, because I want to be it at, at, as authentic as possible. I mean, it, it, it is the real stuff. Um, so when I presented to them this idea that, uh, by the way, you are in my book that is that I want to publish. Um, would you be okay to read the first draft because you know I want to know if it's okay for you to have your actual name in there? And they looked at me like you know I was completely uh, <laughs> crazy. Uh, so these are your original investors from the tech platform. Yeah, exactly. Because now I'm telling them, look, I'm going to write about this failure of ours. It was not just my failure; it was it was their failure as well. And I'm going to keep I'm going to put that public. And of course, I wanted them to to validate the fact that they were okay to uh, to have their name in it. Um, and so, obviously, they were not initially. But I I went back and I, I pitched them the idea and why this was so relevant and why that was so important for everyone, uh, um, and and that perhaps out of it we could turn it into something else. And maybe that's the next iteration of the business that didn't work. It's the S curve, you know. It's like there's a you know the sigmoid curve, so the life is really a, a continuation of S curves. So it's if you if you think of an S, it, it you know it goes it's flat initially, and then it, it goes up, and then it, it plateaus, and then either it crashes, and then you have a bell curve, or ideally you want it to S curve again. So I'm telling them, look, this is a this is our next S curve. Are you on with me? They thought it was completely crazy. But as they read the book, they thought it was well written. And uh, when I found a publisher, they were totally happy to not only have their name in, but also uh, you know participate to uh, uh, to invest in it, so as to you know market the book and, and help me get get it out. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they are totally on. And and your point, you know, if you've built that trust, yeah. Right, because in the end, it's not. I didn't fail. No one failed. The project failed because of of many, many, many reasons. Mm. And the trust that they had in in me personally was so high that so strong that they were willing to, you know, help me further in in the next iteration. So, to your to your question, yeah, trust is key. I'm loving this so much. My mind is completely blown. I mean, if there ever has been a master of turning the ship around, it is absolutely you. Talking about ships, I think the horizon um, is getting dark. Nikki, take us to the finish line. Um, indeed, Tom. And as promised at the beginning, like all of our shows, we do ask you to keep your top three tips um, until the end. You may have put a few in there during the show, I'm sure. But if you can give us three things that everybody can go away 
straight away after listening to the show and go and do to help themselves to get on that journey or get closer to their reality and their dreams um, of being an entrepreneur? Mm. Practical, concise, and relevant. <laughs> go. You got sixty yeah, seconds. Con- <laughs> I'm concise is not my my my, you know, my thing. You I'll can try. do it. I believe in you. Yes, thank you. No, I have. I okay. I try to find three. I think um, uh, two. Passion. A hey, passion. Follow your passion. Really. Um, for real. I mean, we, that's where we started, and it's a it's a nice place to end it. Um, you know, your passion is not going to pop up out of the blue. Um, you you will not find it by just looking, uh, you know, under your under your bed. Um, <laughs> so you have to go where you are currently believing that you should be. I have this belief that you know we we're made of trillions of cells, um, and you know there's this idea that you should follow your gut instinct. Um, and I really believe in that because you, you know, you make decisions. Ah, there's, there's a lot of research on that, but bottom line is this, this uh, entire world that you have evolving inside of you probably knows what's best for you before you can actually uh, rationalize it, that you can, you know, intellectually comprehend it. So my big thing is when, when there is this one thing that you feel that you are passionate about, you should do it. And as you do it, you will realize whether you are really passionate about, because if you're not, you will not pull through. You will not, you know, wake up early. You will not do the work that you have to, to do to make it happen. You will give up. So if it is really something for you to be doing, and if you are truly passionate about and be, you know, it doesn't, it's not about the money. It's about what you get from it, the energy that you get from it, the, the, the you know the um, the journey instead of the destination, then you will find it rewarding, whether it brings financial uh, rewards or, or not. So the first one is follow your passion. The second one, which I I really love this stuff. You know, there's this thing in the entrepreneurial cycle that circles that you should you know um, fail uh, fail fast, fail often, fail forward. Um, I think this is total nonsense. I think mm. you should fail often, yes. You should fail forward, yes. But you should not fail fast. You should fail mm. slow. And the reason you should fail slow, and I've experienced it myself, if you fail fast, obviously you haven't gone around the topic. You, you've tried a few things and it didn't work and you move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. How can you get the learnings that you're expected to get to to really understand whether it could have worked, it will work, it should have worked if you haven't gone all in. But my thing is fail slow, you know, try everything, turn this thing in all direction to see uh, whether you can make it work or not. But then do that often and do that as you move forward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be the second tip. And the third one, which is my favorite of all, um, I think it would be, seek failure um so basically the idea of seeking failure goes beyond this idea of embracing failure i mean you know um we're told to embrace failure well it's okay you failed you know just just you know live with it and and move on no um uh, i really believe that you should seek failure in order to uncover 
what is your limitation? You know, how much are you willing to do? How, how, how many efforts, how many hours, how much work are you willing to put in um, to make it work? And so as you seek to fail, you figure out where that limitation is and that keeps you uh, moving forward to, you know, this, this big thing you want, you want to achieve. So throw yourself into an experience, go all in and, you know, to the point of failure, you can, you can relate to that. I don't know if you go to the gym or if you do any uh, uh, sports activities, but if you uh, always do the same thing at the gym, you will never grow muscles or mm-hmm. be fitter. Or if you keep running on the, on the jogger at the same pace for the same distance um, for, for those 20 minutes, you will ne- never improve anything. You have to run faster, run longer, and so forth. Um, so really, you know, push yourself to the point where you are reaching that, that failure because then it become comfortable with that mm-hmm. limit and that will create a new baseline for your next push, basically. And as you do that, I, I think that's the only way you can, you can grow yourself uh, by, by seeking failure. <laughs> I'm it. loving this. It's go. It's it's go faster, run longer, go higher. Obviously, go higher. because this is the High Career Podcast. Um, everybody, we hope that Arno's presence was helpful and inspiring to you. Uh, my main takeaways will be in the description box, obviously, and on our Instagram channel, Go Higher Podcast, where we quite often just reflect on what we've learned from our guests. So. Arno, I just want to thank you so much for your many wisdoms for for being um, here with us today and until the next time. Well, thank you guys. I mean, it was it was awesome. It feels like I've been speaking talking a lot, but <laughs> I hope uh, I hope it was of value and it will be of value. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll edit you later. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a wonderful day and uh, let's go you. get it. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs>